Looking for your next spot out with family or friends? Whether you're on the east side, downtown, in Fitchburg, or at Hilldale, you're sure to enjoy one of Madison's favorite traditions. Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, Madison's home for craft beer and pub food since 1994. Hand it off to Allen, and second effort, he gets the first down, bounces off a defender, and turns on the burners! The new era of Wisconsin football is here. Luke Fickle. Wow. I mean, I didn't even see this coming. What he did at Cincinnati's big time. So he knows what it takes to win. I'm really excited about the future of our program. The expectations are sky high. Matt's got you at 11 this year. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a low. I expect him to go out and win every game. Huddle up for the Great Dane Huddle, live from Big Ten Media Days in Indianapolis. Live from Big Ten Media Days at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. It is a special Thursday night edition of the Great Dane Huddle right here on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. How you doing, everybody? Hope you're having a terrific Thursday evening. My name is Alex Strofe, alongside... The man, the myth, the legend, Colin Russo with me here in Indianapolis, Indiana, a wonderful city at the uh, the stadium of the Indianapolis Colts ahead of Thursday's session of Big Ten Media Days. We'll hear from head coach Luke Fickle in his press conference uh, in just a couple of hours. So looking forward to all the events, the activities going on. We were here yesterday. We heard from Brett Bielema. We'll get into that in just a moment. But I think the highlight of, of my trip to Indianapolis is the uh, the bird scooters you rent, Colin, the ones you, you ride around on. Yeah, to make the big city feel smaller because you could get around nice and easy. Right. That, that Wait, before we even get there, that's the highlight? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, every time I go to a vacation destination, which I, I guess I view this as, although it's a work trip, um, I got to hop on one of those bird scooters. Those so things, you, you, you those never things miss it. move. You don't miss it. No. Like, I was in Denver a few months ago, and I rode that puppy around for like three hours. Uh, I was in Nashville last year. I rode it around. I mean, I think those things should be in every city. Those are awesome. Yeah, I, I listen. I've never ridden one before. It's, it's like an app you set it up, right? You scan like yeah, a you QR just scan code. it. It's like two bucks to ride around for an hour. It's great. Okay, how fast can you go? Uh, I I have no idea. Like twenty, no. probably. Okay, twenty five maybe. Well, yeah, I, 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 I th- was cruising. I think that's a waste of time. But if whatever makes you happy, if it provides your amusement then I'm happy to hear it. I'm happy you're happy. Uh, as I mentioned, though, we are live at Big Ten Media Days in Indianapolis. Luke Fickle. Jim Harbaugh, P.J. Fleck, Brett Bielema, amongst every other Big Ten coach here in attendance speaking with the media. But a lot of scandalous activity going on this week in the Big Ten. Uh, As we hear from Minnesota, the Fleck Bank, the the allegations against him that come out in front office sports yesterday. Uh, So we'll hear from Fleck a little bit later in the show and and what he says about the Fleck Bank. Uh, But but the big news in Madison this week, Colin, as I mentioned, Brett Bielema, the former Wisconsin coach now at Illinois, brings in the former Wisconsin defensive coordinator and interim head coach Jim Leonard as a senior defensive analyst. Out of nowhere, too. Late July, making a hire like that. You know, we we thought he was going to take the the year off. We thought he wasn't going to be around football, wait for more better options in terms of coaching to kind of come out of nowhere. I guess that never really came, and we all assumed he was going to take the year off. And all of a sudden he takes... Perhaps he's overqualified for a position like an analyst. I would say that's accurate. Yeah, he's overqualified for a position like that, but he took it. And Brett Bielema got through to him. He convinced him to come back. So uh, I'm curious to see what role and what level of play, like what level of engagement and activity he has. It looks like he's only going to be there a couple days a week, and he's not going to be there for game days. So I'm very curious to see like how involved he is and, and what he does to that team. 
Yeah, Aaron Henry, the new defensive coordinator for the Fighting Illini, the former Badger defensive back, gets yeah. the promotion this season to defensive coordinator, a first-time defensive coordinator. Obviously, we know Jimmy Leonard is very qualified, very experienced, and has been very successful uh, during his long tenure as the Wisconsin defensive coordinator. Trotted out one of the best defenses in, in the Big Ten year after year at the University of Wisconsin. So it, it is a good hire, obviously, and a good a, a good move for Brett Bielema and the fighting Illini. But you're right, it is interesting. Bielema says yesterday that Leonard will only be in Champaign Monday through Thursday. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are his days off so he can spend time with his kids and his family who will still be in the Madison area. He'll commute down to Champaign four days a week. And as you mentioned, Colin, won't be a part of things on game day, which is which is an interesting role to me. Yeah. As you mentioned, he's overqualified. This is likely a one-year thing with a, with a brand-new, obviously, uh, defensive coordinator, as I mentioned, in Aaron Henry. So it's, it's likely a... a almost a handshake deal to help Aaron Henry come along, make that transition from defensive backs coach and associate head coach to the, the full-blown defensive coordinator. So interesting move for, for Brett Bielema and Jimmy Leonard, but uh, it, it was the worst-kept secret in Madison. I mean, we knew he was at least in a consulting position, Yep. but it, it's certainly, uh, now that they've made it official earlier in the week, Jim, Jim Leonard and Brett Bielema uh, back together. Well, actually, they were never together, but together uh, in, in Champaign, Illinois. I, I'm curious, though, how long this lasts, right? Yeah. This has to be a one-year deal, yeah. you would think. And, and it's interesting because Brett Bielema obviously has a connection and uh, probably a friendship with Jim Leonard because, obviously, Leonard played for Bielema when he was a defensive coordinator here at the Badgers when Alvarez was around. And he brought him in, and you're right. It seems like they don't know how prepared Aaron Henry is on a week-by-week basis to perform the duties of a defensive coordinator and maybe that's why they bring Jim Leonard in to make sure he's doing his keys right to make sure he's preparing the team the right way not to create the scouting report but to make sure that Aaron Henry creates the good one for his players it looks like it's just going to be from a mentorship perspective and maybe he just needed to stay busy I don't know I don't know why he I understand he couldn't be in Madison but I don't know why you take something like that if you just wanted to be a mentor and still stay with your kids for a couple days a week you're still gonna get these offers in a year time you're one of the youngest candidates out in the market I'm not really sure what the upside is here unless maybe there's a connection to Bielema and Bielema just convinced them hey why don't you just come down for a couple days a week you don't have to do much still with your family you're not coming for games I just want to make sure that Aaron Henry is ready for the job it looks like that was the perspective in which Bielema t- brought yeah. Leonard on. So uh, I'm curious to see where that goes. And uh, obviously I, I don't like seeing it. Being of course. A ba- being a Badger fan, you don't want to see that. Uh, you would hope he would take a job in the Pac-12 or the SEC in a year. <laughs> something, stay far away from the Big Ten. Like Paul Christ, right? He's, he's an analyst yeah. now at the University of Texas. So, we don't so. want to deal with Jim Leonard because we know how no. good he is at his job. So um, it, it's a little odd, but um, I, I can't blame the guy. You know, if you want to find work, yeah. do it. You know, I know Bielema said he wouldn't be a part of game days. I think it's October 7th or October 14th when, when Wisconsin heads to Champaign to take on Illinois. You think he has to be at that game, He'll right? definitely be. He has to be. You think he'll be there in a booth with the coaches as a fan? As a fan, split jersey maybe? Yes, yeah, split jersey. What, what? 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 You know what's going on here? I, I don't know. You know all these players. These half these guys are your players. So yeah, that's like, true. Uh, it's very strange. Not sure where the allegiances lie. 
Uh, but uh, we'll have to see what happens in the middle of October on that regard. We, we sure will. He's Colin Russo. I'm Alex Strofe. It is a special edition of the Great Day and Huddle Live from Big Ten Football Media Days in Indianapolis. Got to tell you quick about my friends over at Condon Jewelers, the jeweler on the east side, the jeweler on your side, Diamond Jim, the owner of the store, always in the store, seven days a week, ready to help you, whether you're looking to take that next step in your relationship or you're looking to treat yourself. Great watch collection over at Condon Jewelers across from the East Town Mall, just off East Washington Avenue in Madison. Condon Jewelers, the jeweler on the east side, the jeweler on your side, and online as well at condonjeweler.com. That's condonjeweler.com. Luke Fickle speaking, uh, well, obviously when you're hearing this earlier today, but later today when we're recording this, Colin, what are you looking forward to hearing from Fickle? Obviously, there's been a lot of uh, conversation the last couple of weeks about the in-state thing. I'm excited to hear him kind of speak on that. Obviously, a late start for him as he joins the program late November, early December. But the recruiting classes that he's brought in so far that class of 2024 is shaking out okay just not a lot of in-state hype around it the top six prospects in the state go elsewhere i think that's the biggest burning question is on the level of priority that in-state recruiting has for fickle what's his explanation in which he's not prioritizing it is it because he was late to the game in which he was hired and he didn't have the head start on these guys is it because he didn't think they were the prospects that a lot of other schools like penn state for example thinks that these players are is it a, a perspective of, you know, he just missed, dropped the ball on those guys, and that's what happens. Uh, so I'm curious to see where he labels the priorities in terms of uh, his recruiting. But like you said, he's doing a great job. 2024, there's plenty of talent coming around and coming to Madison, so I can't blame him for doing the recruiting the way he thinks he should do recruiting. He likes this region of the United States. Other people will think Wisconsin should be more prioritized. That's not for us to decide. That's for him to tell us. I'm also curious from a perspective of this isn't the Big Ten now. This is not Cincinnati. You know, this is a big-time media day, and we see there's a ton of people here. I'm curious to see how he handles it and what what his per- demeanor is with persona. Obviously, a lot of... <laughs> A lot of you questions. You can't be serious on that one, No, right? I don't know. I'm curious. <laughs> Why? The guy went to the college football playoff. I think he's, I think sure. he's dealt with the media is, before. I, I'm not saying I'm, he's, not, he's not prepared to talk to the media. This is different, though. The Big Ten's got a lot of weird spotlight on it right now. Luke Fickle is one of the bright spots. You know, one of For the guys sure. who doesn't have something on his back right now. Doesn't have any, a tainted shirt smeared all over. You, well, what are we supposed to see from this guy? I think it's going to be one of the more positive podiums, Right. I think a lot of other guys, you know, P.J. Fleck, Jim Harbaugh, those guys are going to get tough questions. They're going to have to deal with certain aspects. You know, Harbaugh with his suspension, he's got that four-game suspension for lying to investigators. He's going to have to address that if he's here today. And P.J. Fleck, obviously, with this toxic work environment that came out yesterday, I think he's going to have to answer for that. Fickle is a first-time head coach who has a lot of buzz around him right now. He's got a brand-new staff. And, uh, you know, that Leonard thing, I'm sure he's going to be asked, and I'm curious if we'll see what he says about that. But also, like, little fun stuff. I'm curious to see, like, if somebody asks him about his bat signal that he that he tweets out every time before uh, his recruiting commits. And what, every time they do it, he gives a little bat signal in the sky to let the, let the people know that somebody's right. coming to town. I, I'm very curious to see what the catalyst for that was. Uh, I'm very curious to see how he handles October. I, I want to ask him about what he thinks about, you know, having three games NBC primetime where we're clearly going to be in the spotlight. Is this team going to be ready? Is it too much of a change? Is it, is, is, 
Are, are we going to be able to handle this? Look, you know? I mean, other than Deion Sanders at Colorado, maybe the sexiest coaching hire of the offseason yeah. in all of college football. I think there's a lot of a uh, lot of buzz, as you mentioned, around this Wisconsin program, the new look offense, and obviously a, a total new program. You have a new starting quarterback in Tanner new Mordecai, new schemes, uh, who we'll also hear from today. So lots to uh, look forward to as we are with you until eight o'clock tonight on the Great Dane Huddle right here on ESPN Madison. He's Colin Russo. I'm Alex Strofe. The stars are out. You never know who will pop by. We'll find out who joins us next. It's the Great Dane Huddle right here on ESPN Madison and Wisconsin On Demand. Like I said before the break, you never know who will show up at Big Ten Media Days. Alex Strofe, Colin Russo with you here on the Great Dane Huddle at 100.5 ESPN. Excited to be joined now by a two-time national champion at the University of Nebraska. He also happens to be the Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher. It is the great Amon yeah. Green joining us here on the Great Dane Huddle. And Amon, uh, excited to see you here, excited to see you. could look like you could still, could still suit up and uh, Thank you. And, and back up uh, Aaron Jones if they need you, right? For so, sure. I just got, it'll be behind A.J., though. A.J. Dillon is one more. You won't get the second quads, strength, yeah. though. <laughs> uh, I don't mind sitting third string behind them, too. Okay, both great <laughs> with, guys. So, with those so, quads. Yeah. Uh, but but good to see you here. Obviously, doing a lot of work with, with the Nebraska Radio Network and the ticket out in Lincoln. Um, yep. But so a lot of new head coaches in the Big Ten West, right? We've got Luke Fickle in Madison. Yep. You've got Matt Rule there in Nebraska. What are your, what are your first impressions of Coach Rule uh, and your Huskers? Um, so I've been I've probably got about a handful of practice spring, spring ball practices in to see the coaches, you know, interacting with the players, seeing um guys that were close to my teammates like uh, Dominic um, Rayoli hmm. or Donovan. I'm sorry, Dom, Donovan Rayoli. You know, I played with his brother Dom and you know missed him by a couple of years but that Rioli attitude that Rioli sound you hear them yelling and screaming and uh you know making sure they're keeping the, the players in line and this you see the the staff not just Matt but the staff the assistants you know having that consistency of what the players need to be molded into to have that culture being brought back from when we were on when I was on campus and and you know when Coach Solis took over, you know in the early 2000s. So you saw that in the spring ball practices. You saw the different rotation of stations that were going on. It was something I remember, Coach Osborne. We had five offensive stations going at one time. Wow. And we and it was just almost the same thing we saw here in the spring ball this uh, this spring, back in uh, April, March, and April. You saw like four or five stations and modalities of uh, practices doing different things. D line doing their thing. Tight ends doing. You know, pass. You know, running routes or you know, working on blocking technique. Running backs working on something, but then they will all come together, and there'll still be two other um, stations going. So you saw that because then everybody's active. Everybody's getting reps. That's the whole purpose behind having those different stations. Everybody is getting some semblance of a rep in that's experience mm-hmm. of what they have to do with their technique, whatever their position is. There's a level of efficiency to the to the new sets and doing multiple things at once and jumping around in practice. It, it is. It is because you know when you, when you look at it, it, it becomes game day. Because mm-hmm. game day, what you got? You got pregame, and you got players that do different things in pregame. Yep. You have coaches that do different things in pregame. They have a routine they go to. So you start building that routine in practice. So when comes Saturday or Thursday night or whenever your game is, there's no adjustment. This is just how things are, and then you're used to that, and then you're ready for the gameplay, and everything's firing on all cylinders come Saturday. No doubt about it. Amon Green with us here on the Great Dane Huddle. Uh, you look at the Big Ten, the expansion's coming. UCLA, yeah, USC, don't feel like Big Ten schools. How do you feel about this expansion coming up next year? Uh, I, it's, I feel that, obviously, I love change. 
Yeah. It's going to be a definitely interesting change. I remember the first, the very first time I heard about it, watching the news, seeing it on ticker, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, the freaking flyer miles are going to be ridiculous. Oh, absolutely. And as a, as a player, as a coach, that's going to be a nightmare. That's a logistics yeah. nightmare, knowing that I'm going to be Rutgers having to go play UCLA in the back It's a six-hour flight. Or vice versa. Yeah. UCLA going to have to play Rutgers and then Maryland. It's, it's, tough nuts, for, it's tougher it? for them. Either they're way, have, it's like, they're oh gonna have road trips. goodness. I say, this <laughs> is no fun just to think about. But then, obviously, then my next thought goes to, if I'm a coach, okay, this is what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to, obviously, let the kids know, let the um, administrators know, letting their like, academic side of it know, hey, now we got coast-to-coast travel, so – you know how does how can we adjust this for class schedules? How can we? Because we I would want to get there early. I would like to get there a day early because that's a three-hour time change for mm-hmm. the body. Yeah. And what I remember as a player traveling, I remember being in Seattle as a Seahawk, having to go play the Dolphins. You feel it. You feel it. Wow. So it's getting there a couple days early. You know, NFL games usually Sunday, Sunday night, maybe Monday kickoff. So we would get there if it was a a long travel game and two more than a two-hour time change. We were getting there on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. So get so Friday night, you know, for us then it'd be for college now. It's like Thursday. We, we got to get there Thursday evening, Thursday afternoon. Wow. You know, but that's two days of class miss. You know, potentially for that, or at least one day of class, an extra day of class miss. So you got to consider that for all those schools. You know, for Nebraska, we're in a good spot. You know, school there. You know, we're in the middle of the U.S. So we kind of, but for you know, teams in Indiana and then on to the Maryland and, and the Penn States, um, they got to, you know, plan out that trip. And be smart about it. I know Coach Franklin. You know he's a guy that's definitely going to be on it. But other coaches do got to have that in the mindset. Yeah. Come twenty twenty four. Sure. And uh, back in your playing days, of course, Nebraska was in the Big Twelve in the nineties. Yeah. But we're talking about nowadays. You've been around both sides. You've been around the Big Twelve. Now you've been around the Big Ten a little bit. And Nebraska's fit into that. I want to get your your perspective really on like the Big Ten now. How does it compare to the Big Twelve back when you were playing? How does it compare from ten years ago? What do you think the evolution of the conference has really been? I said the evolution of I say the Big Ten now. It's become a little bit more dynamic with more schools that do pass yeah. and run. Because it was heavy run in the, in the 90s. You yeah. know, we didn't. We only played. We played Michigan State those two years in a row, the, the home and home, um, my freshman year, and that was it. Freshman and sophomore year. But that that conference, as I know, as a kid growing up, when I would watch the Big Big 12, Big Eight, I'll say Big Eight when I was a kid, and then obviously um, um, Big Ten. Knowing those were the conferences where there were really good running backs coming out of there and really good offense alignment coming out here. Those are the guys that got drafted first round, will go to Minnesota, will go to you know any NFL team because guards and tackles and centers that were developed very well in the Big Ten schools. And then also then running back, then occasionally we'll get a quarterback that will come out one of the schools of Michigan or Ohio State that a team that was more dynamic and pro ready will get quarterbacks ready. So you saw that growing up and now you see a little bit of everything. You got a lot more wide receivers. A lot more. Um, you got more dynamic quarterbacks. When I, and that dynamic, I believe you. I think you believe you know what I'm saying because they run and pass yeah. the ball. Um, and then you still got the running backs occasionally coming out of Wisconsin, coming out of Michigan, and that's what they have now. That's what we have now. Mm-hmm. We have Corum and the other running back, and then we have Braylon and right in y'all town. You know, and a kid that finally I'm, I finally met him here 
Um, this and this is my first time here at Big Ten Media Day, so yeah. I'm, I'm having a good time. So seeing him for the first time in person, he's a big guy within a few feet. Because looked like his him, suit was ready to I, pop I've off. I've seen yeah. him in person, but only from the stands. Yeah. I've been in Camp Randall. I'm watching playing since his freshman year, and I just knew I knew he's a big kid, and just knowing that he was a freshman and how big he was, but then seeing him at uh, St. Elmo's, uh, Elmo's uh, last night was like, oh yeah, he's a he's he's put together. He's built different. Yeah, I, I <laughs> and, saw I saw you guys dap up early. So what's yeah. the relationship there? Oh no, it, we're we're starting it. So we cool. exchange phone numbers, exchange cool. informa- information, and what I do every time when I see a young player, no matter no matter the position, and obviously no matter the school, because last year, actually earlier this year at the Remington Awards in Lincoln, when we had the ceremony where they actually got the trophy, um, Ole, that was the center for Michigan, mm-hmm. he won it. Yeah. And I got a chance to meet him and his family. And the same thing I did with Braylon, I did with him. I gave him, I said, here's my phone number. I've been down the road that you travel about to travel on. You know, that means being a uh, professional athlete, being an NFL player and college athlete, former college athlete. So if you got any questions, you got anything you want to get off your, your head or stuff you want to, you know, pick my brain at about, you know, being an NFL pro, uh, being a, you know, somebody that's been 12 years in the league and understand the process, let me know. Don't go on there. You know, if you got questions, don't, don't, don't hesitate to ask. And that was the same, you know, conversation that me and Braylon have is going to have. Because especially for him, we got a lot in common because he's a running back. He's a big kid. He's fast. He, he's dynamic. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. You know, the thing, the biggest thing, and I know that I would tell him, you know, right away, is like the biggest adjustment. I say one little adjustment going from college to pro that I had to get to was obviously it was more passing. Mm-hmm. And even then, in 1998, for especially, me, especially yeah. now too, yeah, compared to what Nebraska was when we barely passed the ball probably eight times a season. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's going to be eight times in a series. Tommy Frazier, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> at the pro level. So get ready to now got to read defenses from a, a passing standpoint. You know, seeing where blitz is coming in and understanding that process, because then now you got to pick up the blitz a little bit more. You're gonna still be able to catch the ball at the backfield and run the ball, because that's gonna be uh, his. Uh, that's his makeup right now. That's what he does. So, but now just understanding defenses from a passing standpoint, like your QB and like your offensive line, and just be smart about that. Transitioning to the Packers here with Packers legend Amon Green on the Great Dane Huddle with Alex Stroff and Colin Russo. Amon uh, obviously shared a locker room with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You, you, you see he makes his, uh, his exit from Green Bay on to New York, and, and now Jordan Love, the guy in Green Bay. I'm curious on your thoughts on the whole situation because it kind of almost felt, in a sense, like 08 when, when Brett Favre went to New York and was yeah. traded to New York and the, the next guy up who sat three years behind a Hall of Famer uh, took over yeah. and, and now obviously Jordan Love in Aaron Rodgers' shoes. No, it was de- it's definitely identical to that. It's a repeat. Yeah, that. isn't it? I think it's a le- lot less drama because we already went through the drama when <laughs> Brett happened when it happened to Brett and Aaron took over and all that so it still was a little drama because the way in the last few years the conversation between Aaron and Gutekus or Aaron and the Packers and how he wasn't sure if he wanted to be here or not and he came back you know so all that whole narrative there drama narrative there was uh, now it's done um, so the part now for the Packers and the Jets you know, it's like okay now it's back to football and I say for the, the organization, for the fans, for the media, I say give give Jordan Love that same support that Aaron had um, when Brett had took over, you know, those days because he's going to need that. And I know he's only going to have the support from his teammates in that locker room, but I say when the state, and, you know, I've been in Wisconsin since 2000, so I've been here for 23, 23 years strong, and I understand and I see from a fan standpoint how – influential y'all can be you know as a media and as fan and fan base because it's a strong powerful fan base it, it reminded me of being in lincoln when i got here when i got traded here in 2000 so y'all gotta give him 
that same slack you gave Aaron because it's going to be a rough season. You yeah, know, it's, it's going to be interesting. Be easy. It's, it's going to be interesting and a rough season because no matter if this was the, the setup before him taking over, you know, what we had, like I mentioned, just all the dramatics of Aaron leaving, even if it wasn't that, if it was just the fact that he was just taking over because someone, you know, somebody retired. Right. It's still going to be a tough year. Yeah. Because you, you think they're going to be, be an adjustment period? It's going to be an adjustment period. And I'm not saying they're going to have a bad season. It's just that that no matter what, Peyton Manning, my, our rookie year in 1998, he went 28 for 28, 28 touchdowns, 28 interceptions. Yeah. Okay. And I'm pretty sure people here in Indianapolis was like, what are we doing? There's a statue up front. Yeah, yeah. but now it's a statue up front <laughs> because later on, you know, he matured. He got better. As we know, he was a student of the game. He got he got in that film room. He would look at mistakes and get them right. And doesn't hurt that his dad was a former NFL play quarterback as well, and then his brother played too. So having that type of support around him at home, but then also having it in the city where he lived, because at the time, you know, Peyton wasn't from Indianapolis. He's from Tennessee, not far away, but still. And the same with Jordan Love. He's not from um, Wisconsin. He's from Nevada, or that's where he played ball at. And so now making. That situation for him where he has that support system around him from all the way up when you because as media, we got to be, I say, um, critical of a professional. You know, when you if, if it's if it's Packer football, if it's Badger, if it's Brewers, if it's the Bucks, you got to say what you see. You know, mm-hmm. when Giannis is having a bad night, hey, bad night. But this is what we're looking forward to, you know. And so for him, for, for when I say him, Jordan Love, when he has that, he's going to have a bad game. Whenever that bad game, you know, critique him for what that game was and then knowing that, okay, he's going to get better. You know, this is a guy that, you know, now is taking over. He had, the good thing is I love the fact that he's got the three years on the shelf because any quarterback that I've seen in my past and knowing that they're eventually going to take over, they have a little bit more success than somebody that had to start day one. Mm-hmm. You know, Dante Culpepper, that that's the first guy that pops in my head mm-hmm. from Minnesota Vikings. We got drafted the same year, 1998, but he didn't touch the field until 2000. And that 2000 season, then he had, a, you know, he had Randy Moss, he had Chris Carter, and a few other guys to help him. Robert Griffin was, um, was the running back you know, for Minnesota then, and he was able to just walk into that position. I believe he was Pro Bowl that year, then Pro Bowl the next year. And so hopefully, you know, Pro Bowl or whatever may be the future for Jordan Love in this part, just making sure that he has, a, I say, progressive year. Because then year two, that's year two and three is when we start to see the change in success and uh, how he matures. So building off of that, you're talking about, yeah, it's much better when a player kind of has a couple years to get his footing, understand, understand the day-by-day of an NFL quarterback. But to the point of from an outside perspective and from a guy who's played in the professional league like yourself, what is the leash for Jordan Love here? Are you giving him the three years additional and making it six years of an experiment to see if he has it? Are we going to continue to kind of give him the, the leeway and the leash to make sure he can grow properly? Or since he's waited three years, is there a shorter learning curve that the Packers, the fans, and ultimately the team should expect? No, there's no shorter learning curve. No. I think it's, it's just a, it's no, and it's no leash. It's just the type of thing is if you know football mm-hmm. and you watch, when I say if you – LaFleur, Gutekus, watch him mature at game by game this year and then continue the same process for the next year and the year after that, they'll see, they'll see everything that they need to see. And he'll be able to develop just like he developed at Nevada, how he developed in high school to get to Nevada. So having that, that time and just being in the moment of him knowing that he can't, you know, this is, he's just a different quarterback as Aaron was to Brett. You know, I knew the difference between both. They were, are they both great quarterbacks? 100%. We both got Super Bowls under their belt. So this could be the same situation, but it's going to eventually take time. Aaron, Aaron year one was 8-8. Eight and eight. 
Yeah. And everybody yeah. was like, what were we doing here as a fan base and as a media? Like, we're 8-8, eight eight, da 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 But 9 I remember coming back in 9 after a while I was with the Texans. Yep. You know, I come in midseason that year. and uh, Don't bring up that Cardinals loss, Amon. No, no, I got you. But, <laughs> but no, but listen, this is why I bring that up. Yeah. Because that game, what was it, what, 55 to 52? It was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. We lose in overtime. Yeah. There was a fumble, uh, inter- or fumble I face may have mask, cried. I may have cried. A fumble yeah. face mask that should have not, that yeah. should have been called. That I know. didn't get called, right? So I'm sitting in that locker <sighs> room. I'm sitting in that locker room after that game. I saw every guy in that locker room's face. Nobody had their head down. Nobody was, like, doubting themselves. The first person I talked to and the first person I saw in that situation where he had his head up was like almost like I wish we had another quarter was Clay Matthew Jr. Mm. When I saw his face, I said, hey, man, we're going to be back here next year. Not knowing my situation, you know, I got brought in midseason. Hopefully they bring me back for another year. But I just know I'm like, so everybody's added to that room. So I knew when I sat in my locker after I adapt up Clay, I sat in my locker. I knew this is this is the team that's going to the Super Bowl next year. I called it then. Wow. Because it's just the attitude that you felt, the the vibrations in the room. Every guy you walked up to was still positive vibrations, regardless of just losing the game in overtime to the Cardinals, a team that then eventually went to the Super Bowl that year. You know, lost to the Steelers. Yeah, mm-hmm. great so game. Nobody in that Packer locker room felt that we had lost. Wow. So the question, the thing was, how quick will it, I mean, can't wait till 2010 to get here. And that's what the feeling I felt. And now I was chomping on the bit. I was talking to Ted. I was talking to, hey, can I get you on this <laughs> roster next year? I even came to him uh, right when they were going into the playoffs and sat down in Ted's office and said, hey, I'm in shape, ready to go, because they need to run it back. Yeah, James yeah. Starks all, breakout, all right? They had, all they had was James Starks. And I'm like, they need more than just James. I could back James up. I don't mind being yeah. that guy. I just want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of this because I, I knew that I called this last year. You, you deserve know? a ring, Amon. Yeah. You deserve a <laughs> ring. You should have oh, gotten one. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, you know what? I did ask, but it, 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 it didn't happen. It didn't <laughs> you happen. did ask. Okay. Yeah, I did ask. It didn't happen. But, like I said, that feeling in that locker room after that loss, it wasn't a loss. It was, And I tell kids today because I coach, you know, coach football. I've coached now I coach eSports. And I tell kids, when you the when your worst moment happens in your life, everybody wants to get down. And everybody wants to, you know, be mad at themselves about the mistake or whatever just happened and that it was a negative. I said, but a lot of people don't look at it and take what the the lesson that was learned from it to better yeah. yourself. Yeah. Every there's there's tragic moments that happen in our lives. Mm-hmm. There's deaths in the families, there's financial crisis, there's COVID, there's everything that can negatively happen to you. Look to the brighter side sometimes. And look for the lesson learned out of it, what you could get from that and see what, how, how better you are after that. Because there's a lot of things that happened in my life growing up as a kid, as an adult, that I learned to look to the brighter side. Everybody looks to the negative. I look to the brighter side of things yeah. to say, how can I make this situation better? I know it, it hurts like hell. It's, it sucks. But you know what? I'd rather learn from this suck than keep it to where it doesn't happen again. Now I know what's coming. And now I'm, I'm better myself, and I'm smarter now. And I basically matured in a way to get through that. And I think for me, I matured as a, a, a young man real fast, and that's why because some of my mom and dad, my brother and sister, that taught me. You, know, you got mistakes. We're gonna make mistakes, but it's are you learning from the mistake? You know. So and then you don't repeat the same mistake. Yeah, I'm ready to run through a brick wall. Last thing for Mon Green is with us. Uh, you mentioned esports. You mentioned COVID. I'll look at the bright side. Esports yeah. exploded through yes, COVID. Now 100%. you're you're coaching at Nebraska Lincoln, uh, moving from Lakeland University, where you helped kick up that program. Correct. What's get into coaching esports, and are you surprised at how massively it's grown in the last couple of years? Uh, nope, not surprised. I knew it was coming. Um, 
for any person in the video game esports industry, no, we knew we we always been there. Um, and how I got here basically is it's a long story, but I was, I'm gonna give you the condensed version of it. Um, I had a friend of our a friend of mine in the Green Bay area. He worked in the Green Bay area. Um, I should give a shout out to uh, Larry Marcus, and uh, me and him were we are video game buds. We're comic book junkies. We talk. We go hang out at a, a bar to shout out to Brick House Burgers in De Pere, right next to St. Norbert's. And we go there and we talk about Marvel movies. We talk about the upcoming video games. Overwatch 2 at that time was in the conversation. And then he says to me, Amon, um, I got a fantastic opportunity for you. He said, I just had, I just had a meeting with uh, my former school you know, Lakeland. And they're looking to build out an esports program, a, a varsity level program in the athletic department. I'm like, uh is it okay if I put your name in the hat? And I'm like, 100%. Wow. You know, and that was December of 2019. And then by January of before January 17th, I was pretty much hired. It was a two-week interview process, met with Damon Simon Jr. Shout out to Dave. And by the time I did my campus tour, the job was it. And then it was something, because it was something I put, I put out there for myself a long time ago that I knew I wanted to be at the college level, I didn't know if it was going to be the football, maybe esports or something, but it came up as esports, and I took it, you know, as they say, the bull by the horns, and helped develop that program. I had a lot of support from Lakeland administrative staff um, at that time, Dr. Black, but now Sue Borgen was uh, is the president, and just having that support from those administrators, um, uh, athletic director, ah, names, her name is missing my my thoughts right uh, now. But it, uh, we'll yeah, cut it out. We'll yeah, cut yeah, it we'll out. Get it. Get we'll it, get it. We'll, we'll input it. With those, but the support from that administrators and then the kids, too. You know, we have uh, – this was was awesome. You know, to have mm. those kids, you know, all geeked up with that I was going to take over and then also asking the question, hold up, Amon Green, didn't you, you used to be a Packer. What are you, <laughs> what are you doing, what are you coaching, doing coaching here? Coaching us in esports, you know. <laughs> and I was like, being honest, like, hey, you're right. I, I do know what I'm doing. I don't know League of Legends, and I'm not good at Rocket League, but I know Madden, I know 2K, I know Call of Duty. I know all these other games. Just help me out with those two games right there, and then we're going to make this thing happen. But it was an opportunity. I was a fantastic, like I said, fantastic opportunity they gave me down there, and I and I made the most of it. And I'm gonna help Brett Sheldon. Shout out to him. Hope he continues the program. That's the new head coach now. He was a GA when I was there, cool. so I gave him an opportunity to, to continue to grow that program because he was a kid that was that, that grew up in that program with me. You know, when he was getting finishing up his grad uh, grad classes to become the head coach or become assistant and now the wow. head coach. Fantastic. Uh, we stole you for six minutes longer than we asked for, Mom, but we, we appreciate yeah, you hanging appreciate out. It. Thank I, you. I'm, I, like I said, I'm ready to run through a brick wall after hey, that motivated. motivational That's speech. That's their perspective speech. and yeah. everything. Packer, Packers legend, Amon Green. We roll on after this live from Big Ten Football Media Days in Indianapolis. This is the Great Dane Huddle right here on ESPN Madison. Going on live from Big Ten Media Days in Indianapolis, it is the Great Dane Huddle here on 100.5 ESPN. The ESPN app and Wisconsin on demand. Alex Strofe with Colin Russo at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. And I'll tell you what, Colin, I, I, I'm just fired up for football season, right? The energy is high the last two days here at Lucas Oil Stadium. We've heard from Luke Fickle. We've heard from Braylon Allen. We've heard from Tanner Mordecai. We've heard from Muma Jungmeta. We've heard from everybody related to the Badgers, and what, the one takeaway I have is the energy is high. The energy is high, and uh, you could tell that they fully bought in. You know, this is a completely new, new reign. We were nervous about that. When Jim Leonard did not get the call back in terms of uh, taking over the head coaching role, people were like, 
Would he lose the locker room? Luke Fickle coming in here out of nowhere. As it turns out, he's completely entranced this whole team. They're fired up. They're ready to go, especially with the quarterback. I think Tanner Mordecai is going to have a terrific year. He's somebody who I'm looking forward to watching. And obviously we know how great Braylon is and how great Muma is. So in terms of the guys that we've seen here, we've seen that Luke Fickle is ready. We've seen that the players are ready. And I think we're going to stick, we're in store for a big-time year in Badger football. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, and, you know, looking around the, the whole scope of the Big Ten, specifically the Big Ten West, three new head coaches in the Big Ten West. You look at Ryan Walters with Purdue as well as Matt Rule with Nebraska. We heard from both those guys earlier in the day as well. Uh, both impressive, both rejuvenated, I would say, for Matt Rule, who obviously comes off that rough NFL run, our buddy Chris Orr in Carolina uh, with the Panthers. So it, it, it is, uh, there's a lot of energy. A lot of turnover. It, it, a lot of turnover, A, but B, a lot of energy in this Big Ten West with, with already a very energetic guy like P.J. Fleck, uh, who we heard from as well, call the allegations around that front office sports report baseless, which, which uh, was interesting. Um, but nonetheless, uh, interesting and wide open Big Ten West this year. Vegas says it's all Badgers over underline at nine. Uh, the next closest team in the Big Ten West is Minnesota at six and a half. Yeah, I think uh, a key for success in college football is a returning quarterback and a returning head coach you cannot say that for i believe every single relevant big 10 west team correct you're thinking about minnesota now they have ethan kaliak man is taking over with pj fleck coming back now in you got illinois they lost tommy devito last year they got to have a new guy under center they're purdue they have hudson card transferring and they have a new head coach they have two turnover wisconsin's another team same thing new head coach new quarterback Go down the list. I mean, Iowa, new quarterback, same head coach. It's a lot of change. And what change is, is you mean you're going to have to learn quickly. You're not going to have the, the chemistry of a, of a player that has been there for three years. You're going to have to put it all together and make sure you on Saturdays you show up by the time Big Ten play comes about. Are you worried about the, the hype around Wisconsin? Like, I think I, no. I, I, I appreciate high expectations. I appreciate the buzz, the buzz that Luke Fickle's created for this Badgers team. But I'm a little worried the expectations are high. I, I think we're still a little bit, you know, sunk in on the Paul Chris Kool-Aid. And we, we know to expect in a Paul Chris era, you know, a guy who, is, who will drop a game here and there and will have a couple bad losses here, a couple bad losses there. They'll lose a home game to Illinois here. That's Paul Chris's era. I have high expectations for Luke Fickle's era because Luke Fickle was one of, if not the top coaching prospect coach a candidate that was in the college football realm last yeah. year we got him he brought in the guys with known and proven ability in his assistants and phil longo mike trestle go down the list there so there's plenty of guys that have proven success you have a guy at the head who it looks like knows what he's getting into he's been around the big 10 before he's been to a college football playoff he doesn't drop a game as often as you'd think now you give him the players. You got returning players from last year who are going to play angry after a six-loss season last year, and you get some of his best guys from Cincinnati. Yeah. You get top transfers like C.J. Williams and Tanner Mordecai. You got a lot going for you here. So in terms of I'm nervous, I'm not. There's a couple games that I will be nervous for. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm nervous for the season at all. Well, obviously there's a couple on the on the schedule. We'll, we'll run through it quick here uh, as I'm looking at the schedule in front of me. So those first three games out of conference: Buffalo at Washington State, Georgia Southern at, at Camp Randall. The only game that maybe even slightly worries me is that 6.30 kickoff at Pullman against Washington that, State on September 9th. That, that's not going to be an easy game. No, it never is. No, and then well, hopefully the team is angry after last year, after them stealing a game at home week two of last year. So uh, hopefully we play with that fire coming out. 
but they're going to be ready to play. It's not an easy place to play. You're going four hours away. You're playing a night game. Uh, Pullman's got a great fan base, and they got a good quarterback in Cameron Ward. That's a dangerous game. That game, you're going to have to make sure that everything is figured out, and that's only week two. Yeah, you, you move on to week four then when, when conference play begins. You go to West Lafayette, take on another first-year head coach and Ryan Walters and the Purdue Boilermakers, and that's another late kick, 6 o'clock game on a Friday night. We're going to be living at nighttime here. All, that's, that's, all, a, all that's a Friday night game all against All of our Purdue. ESPN college game day shows are going to be starting off a little later than usual. It's, it's a nice change of pace. But uh, ultimately that Purdue game, I like taking on the new head coach early on in his career. He hasn't been a head coach elsewhere. They have a new quarterback in play. I'd rather get them early in the year before they could get hot. Shiano and Rutgers uh, come up after that on October 7th at Camp Randall. I would assume that's an easy win yeah, for Bucky I as long as things, goes, things go right, right? I mean, there's so much hype and questions around this offense, but if things go right, that should be an easy win. We're five games in. I have us at 5-0 and oh so far through five. How about when Iowa comes to town October 14th? There's another uh, national TV game for you as the Hawkeyes come to town on the 14th. I think this is a game that is really, really dangerous. That Rutgers game, you could talk about it being dangerous, or the Purdue game. Keep in mind, the Purdue game, we have to buy the following week, and that's always a dangerous game to play. But I have them at 5-0, and then going into Iowa, if there's a loss that's not going to be Ohio State in the regular season, it's going to be Iowa. It's going to be Iowa. Yeah, you, you follow that game up going to Illinois, who has so much turnover, but obviously... Uh, there's Brett the, Bielema knows what he's doing Brett, against us. Brett Bielema. <laughs> And Jim Leonard there as well, and as we Jim talked Leonard about a bit earlier. Jim Leonard now uh, with, with the Illinois team. So it, it's an interesting dynamic for sure at, at Illinois, but they lose so much. They lose so much, yeah. Uh, and I just imagine, you know, Wisconsin with, with the dogs that they put together and, and the, the strength program they put together under Brady Collins. This is a team that's going to be ready and hopefully undefeated as the game circled on everybody's calendar in the Big Big Ten this year. One of the games circled on everybody's calendar in the Big Ten this year. Halloween weekend at Camp Randall Stadium under the lights, national TV game on NBC. Ohio State, Wisconsin. Luke Fickle takes on his alma mater for the first time. Yeah, in a perfect world, I'd love both teams to be 7-0 and going into this game. Oh, yeah, of course. And, uh, you know, that would just make the game that much better. And, you know, they're coming here. They got a new quarterback. I think they're going to have Kyle McCord starting at quarterback. Ryan Day... He's terrific in the regular season. We know that. But Ohio State is at their most, as, as at their weakest and most vulnerable when they have a new quarterback in town. You know, Stroud in his second year was much better. Fields in his second year was much better. Dwayne Haskins only had one year. He was terrific. But they were still lost in the regular season. They lost to Purdue when he was there. So the, the new quarterback in Ohio State is when they're at their most vulnerable. If there's a game to steal and a moment to steal it, it's NBC, primetime, Halloween weekend, Camp Randall. Under the lights. And Wisconsin taking them on with a first-year head coach who formerly was an interim at Ohio State. So there's a lot of blood there. And uh, I, if there's a game to steal and there's a the, the circle game on the schedule, it's that. Not sure if they're going to win it. I'm going to go with no. But it's damn going to be a hell of a game. Yeah, Luke, Luke Fickle talks constantly about how Wisconsin was one of the few schools he's always had kind of marked on his uh, on his database, right? Like if that job opens up, that's one I'm interested in. And ultimately he takes it last November. In that game, October 28th, about 11 months after he was hired at the University of Wisconsin against his alma mater, where he played, as he mentioned, he was an interim head coach. He was the defensive coordinator at Ohio State. Finally got his opportunity at Cincinnati, but now he's in the Power Five. He's at a school that is hungry to get into this college football playoff. I think it's the last year, right? It's a four-team playoff. Next year we move to 12. That's more attainable. But, hey, if we you want to get We have a harder schedule next year, You want to get in this year. Your way to do it is beating Ohio State on October 28th. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a hell of a game. And you know what, Fickle, probably the first thing he did was, let's see the schedule next year. You know, what do we got? Who are our opponents? And he saw Ohio State at home. He's like, that's the game I want. That's the game? That's the game I want.
Of course. Uh, you love it. Uh, stop me if you think any of these would be losses for, for Wisconsin. At Indiana. No. Home against Northwestern. Nope. I do want to talk about this game, but you're going to say no. The Home against game? Nebraska. Oh, the Nebraska game. If there's a game where we're going to be it'll make me a little nervous, it's probably that Nebraska game, but I still think that's a win. I like Matt Rule in, in, in the Big Ten. I think, I, mean, I think it's a good fit at Nebraska. Did, he did it at Temple. He did it at Baylor. Yeah. And Chances are he's going to turn something around here in Nebraska. That's what he's good at. I just think it's more of a it's more of a multiple year project than say a team like Wisconsin is who fired totally. a head coach. Totally. Year ago, right. Like, and you've seen the work that Luke Fickle has done. Maybe you haven't heard about the work Matt Rule's done, but he's nice, done a nice job this off season. But I just think it's more of a multiple year project than a team like the Badgers are. Yeah. I think I think what Matt Rule's doing is Matt Rule just knocked down the building. And he's going to have to re- rebuild from scratch. I think Fickle moved into a penthouse that needed some renovating, and now he's going to put in some nice glass windows. He put in a nice hot tub, a jacuzzi. <laughs> He's renovating the top floor of this building. The foundation is already there. With Matt Rule, you're going to have to rebuild this entire foundation and start from scratch. It's going to take a couple more years for him. Speaking of building a mansion or a really nice house, did, did you hear Brett Bielema yesterday during his media scrum talking about the mansion he's building and the mm-hmm. supply chain issues he's facing? Did yeah, you catch yeah, that? Yeah, I did, and it was uh, I don't know how it came up. I didn't catch the question in which that was brought up, but I was fascinating to see that even the top of the people that are building mansions will deal with supply s- chain issues. Supply chain issues. Poor Brett Bielema. In this day and age. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, no, the, the question he was asked is, uh, you're building a very big house in Champagne area, in the Champagne area. Why have you made it home? And then he went on a like soliloquy about the supply chain issues his mansion is facing. Wow. But, uh, and then he talked about how Illinois was a spot he always wanted to get to because he grew up an Illinois fan. Nonetheless, uh, we already talked to Illinois October 21st prior to that Ohio State game. Final game of the season is an interesting one. That's November 25th, of course, uh, the week end of Thanksgiving at Minnesota this year. The uh, the Gophers have won the last two meetings. The series is completely tied. They're no longer playing for the slab of bacon. They're still playing for Paul Bunyan's ass. This is, this, is, this, is this is the second biggest game of the year. They cannot lose this game again. You view this one bigger than Iowa? Yes. In terms of importance, yeah, I, think I, I, I think Iowa's more dangerous. In terms of importance, you have to beat Minnesota again. There's a lot of questions for Minnesota. I mean, they've got a lot. They've got a lot of leadership. They've got a lot of guys that have been there five, six, even seven years. They're going to have the same starting quarterback and, and coach that beat them the year prior with Ethan Kaliak. Man, remember he started that game. That's right. Had a great game because uh, Morgan was hurt, I believe. And but um, so you're going to have the same quarterback and same coach. That is a little nerve wracking, but at that point, we should be have our identity, have this team on paper with the chemistry they need, and hopefully riding a four- or five-game win streak going into that game. So the way you view it, Colin Russo, it sounds to me like a 10-win season is absolutely attainable. I think a 10-2 and two season is should be the goal. I think it's attainable. I think it's possible. And I think that's where we're heading. That's where I really do. What about you? Yeah, I, I, ten and two seems realistic. I think nine and three, eight and four is probably the the, the world to live in. I just think a yeah. one year turnaround to go from a six win team to a ten win team would be great. And I, I and if I trust anybody, it's Luke Fickle, right? I mean, the guy has won everywhere he's been. He has put in the work this off season that that has been so well documented uh, through throughout here on uh, ESPN Madison. So I, I'm I'm fascinated by it. I think eight and four to ten and two. Certainly attainable. Ten and two would be, uh, be o- over my expectations. That'd be a terrific year. I'm I'm pumping the brakes a lot more than than most Badgers fans. But yeah, I got a lot of confidence in these guys. But we got to see that first game. You'll know what type of team you have that the first two games, I should say, into Washington State, how they respond, how they play on the road, and uh, how that they game play. Makes me nervous. Yeah.
I think uh, an early slip is possible, quarter, just like a year quarter, ago. Quarterback play is going to be a big one, too. You know, Tanner Mordecai, this is not the American Conference. You're sitting behind great signal callers and great quarterbacks at Oklahoma and SMU. It's time to put it all together. This is not going to be easy. You're going to be playing in tough weather. You're going to be playing in tough road games. You're having easier schedule, but it's still way harder compared to the American Conference. So. We'll, we'll continue to talk Big Ten football and everything, all the sights and sounds going on here at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis at the 2023 Big Ten Football Media Days. He's Colin Russo. I'm Alex Strofe. It is a special edition of the Great Dane Huddle right here at 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app and Wisconsin On Demand. You probably think that you are better now, better now. You only say that because I'm not around, not around. You know I never meant to let you down. Rolling on, it is the Great Dane Huddle, live from Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis at Big Ten Football Media Days. I'm Alex Strope alongside Colin Russo. Almost one hour down, one hour to go. And we've got the Players Hour coming up next, right off the top in just a few minutes. Mumajong Mehta will join us, Badgers linebacker, and at 7.30 tonight, maybe the best-dressed man at all the Big Ten Media Days, Badgers running back, Braylon Allen will join us, Colin. Looking forward to both of those conversations coming up in just a few minutes. I love the suit that Braylon had. First of all, Muma has a beautiful suit, too. He has, like, this red velvet. It's, like, maroonish. Like, maroonish. Yeah. And then Braylon's just got this very sharp, properly tailored Navy suit. I'm excited to ask them about that. That'll be interesting. I'm also excited to, to get their thoughts on um, Squat Fest. I'm actually very curious about that. I saw all those videos, and that seems like right up Muma and Braylon's uh, alley in terms of Something they'd be interested in as two prominent weightlifters. Indeed. So I'm, I'm looking forward to those conversations. Uh, a couple quick takeaways from, from Luke Fickle's session earlier today, Colin. What did you make of some of his comments uh, as he addressed the media both uh, at the big podium for 15 minutes as well as at the smaller podium for 45? Hey, the first thing I noticed was he's clicking all the right buttons. And he's talking about how much he appreciates the community and how much he appreciates the coaching staff, how much he appreciates the fan base how much that they've helped his transition and how much they have um, kind of allowed him to set his feet but also embrace this culture that was kind of set before him. He's mentioned that a couple times today, was like they've had a great culture foundation already in what Bielema did, in what Alvarez did, in what uh, Jim Leonard did, Paul Christ. He mentioned all those four guys by name on the big podium, and he said those are the guys who set the culture. I just walked in here and embraced it. He's like, I sure I have my things, I have my staff, but I'm walking into a style and a camaraderie and a community that has been built by two decades prior of great coaches. So I was very interested in, and appreciative of the fact that he kind of honored that. Yeah, he honored it, and, and as you mentioned, he, he called out everybody by name, right? He mentioned Paul Christ. He mentioned Jim Leonard, who was an interim head coach. He mentioned Barry Alvarez. He mentioned Gary Anderson. Yeah. I mean, it, it was cool to hear him rattle off all the coaches since Barry Alvarez took over in the 90s uh, that have kind of laid that foundation for Wisconsin football. And he, he talked a lot about identity and, and what he looks for in guys uh, within his program, which I thought was unique and, and and need at the same time because it only has been eight months for Luke Fickle at the helm of this Wisconsin program. And he talks about a guy like Tanner Mordecai who's been with the program even shorter than Luke Fickle has and how much of a Wisconsin guy he is even though he hasn't even played a game for the Badgers. Crazy. Yet. It's good to hear. I'm happy to hear that. I don't know how much truth there is to something like that. But uh, you get the feel that also when we've seen the players walking around, uh, they're a group. You know, you don't see them separate. They're clearly got it. And then for a guy who transferred in like Mordecai, a guy who's a bit older than everybody else, a guy who's been at two different schools in the South for that matter, it's interesting to see that 
everybody says good, good things, especially about the quarterback. You know, we've seen Braylon. We've seen Muma. We haven't seen Mordecai. And that, that not only is Fickle talking super highly of him, but uh, all the players are too. So, like, you're, you're excited to see that. And uh, I, for, as a thrower of the football and a guy who is going to open up this offense a little bit, I'm very, very excited to see him on the field. And I think he's going to do a great job. He's Colin Russo. I'm Alex Strofe. It is the Great Dane Huddle live from Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Muma Jung Mehta, the Badgers linebacker, uh, almost 100 tackles last year. He's going to crush that number this year. Joins us next. It's hour number two of the Great Dane Huddle coming up right after this on ESPN Madison.